Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. This is the second in four episodes of the podcast in which I am sharing sections of a sermon that I gave on Rosh Hashanah several years ago. It was one of my favorite sermons. In a way, as I said last week, it was one of the most daring because the text I was interpreting as part of the sermon was in fact a joke, a joke told in the old Jews telling joke series by a man named Malcolm Bush. I'm going to play the joke again for you, remind you a bit of what I said about it last week, although I'd urge you to go back and listen to last week's episode to hear my comments in its entirety. And then I will give you the second interpretation. And I frame this as a fanciful conversation between four Talmudic rabbis trying to interpret the sacred text. But you need to hear the text. Now, you heard it before last week. You can advance a couple of minutes into the podcast so you don't have to hear it again, but I don't know why you would do that. It's such a great joke. You can hear it a second time. Here is Malcolm Bush telling his version of an old Jew telling a joke. Dropkin is a very world-famous specialist in a highly specialized field of cardiology. Uh, He had gotten his undergraduate degree, his medical degree, and his PhD in his hometown. He was then practicing uh, as a research doctor at the highest level in New York. He wrote a significant paper, and he's invited to deliver the paper at a meeting, which by coincidence is his very hometown. Uh, he's called to the dais. This room is full of uh, men and women, the men wearing tuxedos, the women properly attired for such an august event. Dr. Dropkin ad- approaches the dais, puts his papers on the uh, lectern as he's about to uh, give the talk, and suddenly uh, the papers just all slide to the floor. He bends over to pick them up. As he does, his tuchus is against the microphone, and at the very wrong moment, Let's one ride that reverberates throughout the room, magnified by the microphone. Somehow he gains his composure, delivers the papers, his paper. No sooner is he done, he grabs everything up, makes a quick exit through a rear door, never comes back to the town again. Well, many years pass, his mother is on in years, and he has to go back to town to care for his mother. He does so, so under the name of Dr. Cohn, makes a reservation at the local Hyatt under that name, and gets there under cover of darkness, checks into the hotel. Uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed room clerk says, oh, good afternoon, good evening, uh, Dr. Cohn. Have you ever been in our town before? The doctor says, yes, as a matter of fact, young man, I grew up here, I got my education here, got my doctorate, my PhD here at the university, uh, and I moved away. The young man says, oh, why haven't you been here, sir? He said, well, a number of years ago, a very embarrassing thing happened here and I just didn't feel that I could come back and face the people in the town. The young man says, uh, Doctor, far be it for me, a young stripling, to advise a distinguished older gentleman such as you. But if I can give you anything from my experience in my young life, things that I thought were embarrassing and people noticed, uh, I later found out that no one even knew that they happened. And I'm sure that's probably true of the thing that you think is so embarrassing. Doctor says, no, I doubt that anyone has forgotten this. The young man says, well, was it a long time ago? Yes, it was a very long time ago. The young man says, was it before the drop can fart or after? (laughs) 
I could listen to that a hundred times. Well, what I said about it last week in the name of my fictitious Rabbi Yehuda was that the essence of that story was that the doctor answered the question of the desk clerk in the positive. When he said, have you ever been here before? He said, yes. He didn't have to say that. He could have said no. He could have just said, no, I've never been here before. But he was the one who initiated the conversation about the event which took place. And what I talked about last week, and again, I urge you to listen to it, is that at some point, tshuva, repentance, means saying the truth about ourselves. It means telling, it means saying who we really are to ourselves and when appropriate to others. It means identifying the realities of our life and not hiding. So in fact, what I said was, and I think it's worth thinking about in these, in these terms, that Dr. Dropkin was compelled to say yes, and that that really opened up the possibility of him absolutely confronting this incident which had happened so long ago. Now, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yehuda's younger colleague, says the following. He says, you're right. While we don't know how the story ended, Dr. Drobkin was now in the position to pursue the course of tshuva further and further, to begin to make the connections that he had denied for so long. And in doing so, he might have found out that the only reason the event still had a hold on the town was because he had refused to put it behind him. It reminds me, Rabbi Shimon continued, of a story we've heard from an Eastern tradition. Two monks on a pilgrimage came to the ford of a river. There, they saw a woman unable to cross. Without hesitation, one of the monks took her on his back, carried her across, and put her down on dry ground on the other side. And then the monks continued on their way. An hour later, the second monk said, Surely it was not right to touch a woman. It is against the commandments to have close contact with women. How could you against, go against the rules that we as monks have been sworn to uphold? The monk who had carried the woman walked along silently, but finally he remarked, You know, I set her down by the river an hour ago. Why are you still carrying her? I would, the student concluded, say the same thing. The hotel clerk really spoke the truth. It is we ourselves who carry the embarrassment and prevent ourselves from moving forward. Others may be ready to move on, and usually have, and we are still mired in the past. And what goes for embarrassment also often goes for anger and for disappointment and for jealousy. Sometimes we carry past events much too far, not realizing that the rest of the world has moved on and that we are the ones holding on to these thoughts. It's natural. And some events will not and should not let go of us. But there are so many everyday events in the world which we hold on to too long, which we let affect our lives long after they should. Tshuva means moving on before past events prevent us from making the most of our lives. Until next time, thank you.